Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Hey Daria, how's it going? Hey Pritik, um, pretty well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And first of all, I'm uh, grateful for you being open to having this conversation. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we get started, if you could let everybody know who you are, uh, what you do, what your current situation is, and so on and so forth, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I hope we will, um, this conversation that we will have will help other people to kind of gain a better understanding of the situation that is going right now. And I hope from my side, um, I will bring more awareness to international people and to everyone that is interested, even though I think everyone should be interested. Um, but a little bit about me, I'm a Ukrainian. Um, I've lived in Ukraine for a very long time then, um, for a couple of years, I came to the United States and studied there, and that's how we met. Um, and then I came back. I came back in Ukraine in September, in the end of September, 2021, and I started working for a Ukrainian company. Uh, I'm still working there as a project manager. And then, <laughs> on December 24th, the life changed, and it kind of one of those things when it's before and after. And um, I never wish anyone to experience that. And um, yeah, right now, my mom and my sister, we had to leave Ukraine. My dad stayed there. My grandparents stayed there. My dad stayed there because of the law, the martial law. He cannot leave the country. And my grandparents, unfortunately, uh, they could not come to our city because the bridges were blown up and yeah, they just, they had to stay, but hopefully in the nearest future, they will be able to join us and the whole family will reunite. I hope so too. I hope so too. And um, it's, you know, with this podcast, like my whole goal was to be able to like find a way for us to relate to one another, like through the people that we talk to and we hear stories about, but in a situation like this, it is very hard to, even understand like what someone goes through when they're in a war-torn area, um, having to move to a different country, letting people like leaving family behind. Like I am feeling emotional talking about it too, because it's very hard to imagine how or what people go through in that sense. So um, to get into it a little more, you started off by saying that this is something that people should know about around the world. Why do you think it's important yeah. for people to know? of what's happening at Ukraine. So that there will never, ever be a situation like that anymore. Just so that whenever people go to vote, they're mindful of the person they're voting for. And just so that you know, I don't think, or I believe that 
because the president of Russia was allowed to be the president for such a long time, he kind of abused power at this point. Not kind of, he does abuse power. And by having conversations like this, you can make people a little more aware to the decisions that they make when it comes to the power that they hold when they're voting and things like that. Um, that's an interesting yeah. outlook on it because um, at the end of the day, I think even with a situation like the geopolitical atmosphere, unfortunately, uh, through this incident itself, we've sort of seen that people in power don't necessarily care about morals and ethics and things like that. It's very much a self-interest thing. They look out for, excuse me, what they think, <clears throat> excuse me, what they think is best for their situation and so on, which is really unfortunate, uh, which is really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I don't know where to go from that. But in terms of, in terms of what's happening currently, what was the initial feeling for you and your family when you heard that this was like actually happening? Um, I, well, let me start off by saying when all these talks started, because the news, they were broadcasting that, oh, Russians going to play and go on war with Ukraine. I was like, no, these are just talks. This is just politics. Like, it will not happen in the reality, because usually when people talk about war, it will not going to actually happen, because it's kind of like happening out of surprise. Um, but I was wrong. And I remember the way I got to know about it was in the morning, I had a, I had a call with my boss and we are just like trying to make small conversation. And she asked me, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? And she's looking at me and she's like, you don't know? It's like, no, what? And I just, I did not check the news when I woke up. I just woke up, took a shower and jumped on the call. So she looks at me, she's like, you don't know? And I'm like, no, what? And she goes, check the news. I open my phone, I type in Ukraine, and this is the first thing that pops up. And I'm in shock. Obviously, I just, you don't know what to think. And the first thought I remember coming is like, no, I don't believe it. It, it can be. It's 2022. There's no way there will be war in Europe again. No way. And I was in such a shock. And then like 30 seconds later, just tears started coming out of my eyes. And I was not afraid of me. I was just shocked that it's happening. I was not afraid for my safety or anything like that. I did not even think of that. I was just thinking that it's 2022. Why would someone do that? And we can get into that later for the reasons why I think that. But yeah, that's how I got to know. And on that same day, basically, I had to go to the bank and take out some money <laughs> that I transferred. And all the banks, they were not giving away money. It was like the whole panic in the city. I'm calling my mom. I call my grandparents how they were doing. And I did not even, I did not hear the bombs in the morning just because I'm a very heavy sleeper. And they're like, yeah, that happened. And 
<laughs> yeah, I'm still in shock, basically. So. Damn. Um, in that case, like in that situation when it initially hit, what was your initial reaction like in terms of after getting off of that call with your boss? Was the initial reaction to take shelter? What What was your sort of I ran to the reaction bank. to all of that? I ran to right. the bank because mm. um, I don't know about any, but I was just thinking about my finances. I had zero cash. And in, mm. in Ukraine, you have to have cash because the courts are taking enormous fees. And I was just, I, well, first of all, I called my family, obviously, and um, I wanted to know how they were doing because um, they were living close to them. Their house is close to the military base. It's like in between military base and the airport. So mm. my initial thought, call them, then call my grandparents, make sure that they're okay, that everyone is safe. And uh, I was like, okay, we have to leave. We have to go somewhere. They were like, no, relax. We're not going to panic right now. Just because they were in shock themselves. That's what's like, mm. you know, different people have different protective mechanisms. And right. theirs, which kind of just like hold back and see what's going to happen in the future. Well, mine was more proactive. But yeah, I went to the bank and basically I was not able to get any money out of the bank. So thank goodness I had a couple of cards that were, um, they're still American cards and they were still working in Ukraine. So um, they lost, it was very good for a week for me there so before I could get any cash or any card at all. Um, mm. yeah, that was and if you don't mind my asking this, was the intention of getting the cash was to be able to secure yourself and your family in some sense, like in terms of finding shelter before or for like food that, and things like before that? Before that, no, it was just a date for me to go to the bank to get the cash so I can live another month. Oh, but after okay. that, yeah, I was just planning to go there. And when I got to hear that, I just ran to the bank immediately. But I got it in the end a little bit later but I still got it. So it was good. Um, but yeah, at that moment, it was very shocking. I remember I was walking on the street to the bank and I was looking at people. I was crying, but I could not understand why other people are not crying. Mm. They were like in such a rush to do something. They were driving, they were buying food. Everyone was like standing in line to the bank that I don't think they let. They took the time to let out their emotions, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. And in this situation, oh, before we get into the question related to emotions, just to sort of give people a perspective, what part of Ukraine were you living in? And what part of Ukraine did the Russians start coming in through? Just to sort of give people that background. Um, sure. Would you like to like show the map or how would you like to go? Um, I can maybe try and add a picture of the, I can add a picture of the map over here okay. um, in the edit, but you can just talk about it. Okay. Um, so I live uh, on the Black Coast. It's the city called Odessa. Absolutely beautiful. Odessa? And, yes. And uh, we did have, on, um, on the first day, we did have a couple of bombs. But again, I was downtown. I was living downtown. And I did not hear them, but from my parents' house, they could hear it just because they're so close to the military base. And 
the hardest hit was on Kiev because that was the city that they started bombing. And I had a couple of friends in Kiev and they were just showing that the, the city People were, were did not know what was going on. They woke up at 5 a.m. from these bombs, like, <laughs> and they immediately they had an hour to pack and leave the city. And he was at the beginning. He was hit the hardest. Mm. And yeah, um, does that answer your question, or you uh, can... kind of? Because what I mean. Um... And I do want to mention this. Um, with the news, sometimes it can be very confusing. So mm-hmm. be sure, like for people who are listening and watching, I do want to encourage people to do their research um, and like know what's happening. Because um, like based off of what you just said, um, was it was it sort of like they directly started attacking Kiev or did they start entering and gradually going up to Kiev? Because my understanding was that, was that they, because in terms of geographically speaking, Kiev is more like in the north, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So did they enter like, um, what they am I trying to say? Bomb to, so if you, if you Google it, I, I'm pretty sure that there, there was a picture on the first day that bombs that hit uh, the Russian uh, hit Ukrainian cities. And mm. they mark in like little red stars, and you can see that. Oh, okay. In terms of like how they moved into Ukraine, I pro I have the same information from news as you do, and I can speak from my friend's perspective, the one that I personally know. And uh, but as as when it relates to news, uh, we have the same information. So. I had a I have a friend and and when that whole thing started she was in Kharkiv. And Kharkiv it just it breaks my heart even to talk about it right now because it's like the mission there is to destroy. Mm. Did not they did not care about the people they did not care about anything. I was with her on the phone. I was saying you you should leave. You should find a way to leave. And she basically said, we can't. We can't. Because you can go by car, by car, going by, leaving by car from the, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> sorry. I, I just, um, no, it's okay. It's really hard to find any words to describe. Take your time. It's okay. Take yeah, your time. Um, yeah. So, she was saying that they could not leave the first couple of days. And I was concerned from maybe we can find you a, some car. And she was like, they had a car and they cannot, they left the car there just because it's not safe. They will shoot at you if you try to leave by car. So what happened is that um, they found a moment when it got a little quiet from all the shooting and somehow they got to the train station. And then the train station, they were um, letting everyone in and kind of evacuating people from those hot, from these hot areas. And they got to Lviv. It's on the other side of Ukraine. Um, and she's saying how bad it was that people were standing. If you ever were, if you ever, if you ever were 
was in any of the uh, trains. I don't know in um, anywhere. <laughs> so basically, there. I don't know. Maybe you can add some pictures. So maybe I can send you pictures in the end of kind of like give you the visual that people had to stand there shoulder to shoulder. There was like a lot of people in there, and for how many hours? This is how you you stand in order to evacuate. And she was also telling me that there were um, um, people with guns that would just try to make their way into the train in order to save themselves. And it was a whole mess. And um, yeah, it just, I feel very bad for the people that were, they were just living their normal lives. You know, they were going to universities, like they were going to their jobs. And then all of a sudden, their life changed forever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. Um, you know, you wake up one day, and then the next thing you hear is things flying in the air and making sounds that you would hope you wouldn't get to hear while you're living in that place. Um, yeah. I can't imagine that happening. And it's it's really hard. It's really hard um, to have to be in that situation. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's challenging for people to sort of process their emotions, which going back to what you said earlier, you felt the need to let go of your emotions and you were crying on your way to the bank. But when you saw people around you, they just seemed to be trying to figure things out. So from that perspective, do you feel it's a do you feel like the people around you um or well let's put it this way how do you think people around you are processing their emotions as things are and why are they doing it that way from your opinion um i feel like a lot of people just shut down a lot of people it just the survival mode is on and you just, no one just really takes the time to process the whole situation, accept and adapt, just because you're never prepared for it. Like, how can you prepare for something like that? And yeah, the easiest way, I think, for a lot of us right now, even for me, is kind of like to shut down. And, um, Unfortunately, this wound that the nation got, it will last with us for a long time. So yeah. And that's maybe <laughs> the shutdown of emotions and um, trying not to think about it is just a way to survive at this point for a lot of Ukrainians, a lot. Because if they do let their emotions out, then they have to deal with that too. But they have to think about their survival. Right. Because at the end of the day, your survival is paramount, right? You want to make sure that you are safe. And yeah, and I guess your family because... too. And your family right. too. Because even though my mom and my sister, we are safe right now. My dad is still there. My grandparents are still there. And 
it just you can't really like be happy that you left you you are not you think that okay i'm safe yes that's good but you actually like you start worry about those people that are there and you start thinking how can i help what else can i do here how can i spread the word the word um how can i educate people or how, where can i send money or where can i send anything and yeah <laughs> that's the way it is right now mm. and are you able to communicate with your um dad and your family that's back in ukraine thank goodness yes mm. there were a couple of days where um we lost communication with my grandparents they live um closer to mykolaiv and in mykolaiv they had a full-on attack and at one point we lost any communication with that and that was the point where i hit them the point of hate when you're so like you're you're so desperate you can't do anything with the situation and you know that someone that you love are in such danger that you just start hating everything that is related to people that have nothing even to do with that and what i mean by that is russian russian people um a lot of ukrainians blame them for what happened in terms of that they chose the president that they have right now and the saddest part of all is that some russians they do not even accept that it's war they call it special operation and that is mind blowing how propaganda works that is a direct example that they don't show it on the news they show it that it's just special operation we are there to save ukrainians and that is the point where you just like are you guys kidding me you're here to save us you're killing us here you're killing our boys like our male males they did not choose to go to this war your the people who go into russian army there were a lot of videos that they did not know what they were doing there they are young boys they did not choose it and they're dying because of putin yeah so it's like there's a lot of grief and um that is related to that and um and this yeah at that point when it started with my grandparents when we could not reach them i was just furious at everything and um blaming everyone but it just right now i'm thinking that it's just part of acceptance when you start blaming people and frankly speaking some people deserve it for the things that they say they deserve the blame because yes there is putin but he also has advisors and he has followers yeah 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 in terms of in terms of being able to help from where you are right now and things like that i mean you can answer this 
to the level of comfort that you'd like to answer this. But do you feel a little helpless in some sense as well because you're now away from family? Um, like, what is your approach with being able to help? You do what I do, what I can. But even when you are with your fam, when I was in Ukraine a week ago or a week and a half ago, you still feel helpless because you don't control where the bomb will fall, right? It's out of your control. You don't control when the city, when the war will finish. You don't control that. So you do feel helpless in any situation, no matter how, how, and say helpful you are, you always feel helpless. And the thing that touched my heart the most are our soldiers that were protecting us because I brought them over food and coffee one time. And the first question that they asked me was, so how are you feeling? The soldier that is standing there, he's risking his life for you, asking you how you're feeling. And they just blow my mind. And I was like, yeah, good. But don't ask me, how are you feeling, you know? And they were just, I feel bad for these people that they did not choose it. They're just protecting their country there. Mm. Yeah. For you, in terms of being able to now move to Holland, how are you all able to leave? Did you all have to go by car? Um, how is it that you all came out? If you're comfortable sharing and if this can yeah. be shared, if it can't be shared, that's totally fine. But yeah, um, yeah. how did you guys move? Um, frankly speaking, though, I wanted to move during the first two, three days of the war. Um, I moved in back with my parents just so we can all stay together. And once I was with them, I was like, okay, we're not gonna go anywhere because they're not ready. They were not ready. They had their whole life there. And then I was thinking, okay, well, my dad cannot leave now. So like, I don't wanna go. My grandparents are here. Um, and, um, but when this whole thing with Nikolaev started and they were very, when they were very, Russian people were very aggressive here or not Russian people, Russian military. Um, and when they blow up the bridges that, and when they started fighting in my grandparents' little city, that's when my dad got concerned for my mom, my sister, and my, my safety. And he was very pushy towards leave, leave, leave. Um, and then actually my mom, she has a music teacher, her music teacher back from when she was a little girl, she was living in Nikolaev. And that music teacher like called my mom and said, I'm ready to go. Can you help me get to the border? So they were going from Nikolaev to Odessa, from Odessa to the border. 
my mom was like, okay, um, because they had a car in Ukraine, right? Like, okay, I will get you there. And that's when they started talking with my dad and that we should, like, we should go to. Um, they did not include me in those conversations. They did not include my sister in those conversations. Just good to kind of keep it on the, I don't know, keep us, keep us out of those that worry, which I don't know. I probably, if they did include me, I would stay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, one morning, they just thought, get your things ready, we're leaving. And that lady with her grandson, they got a taxi somehow they found taxi from Mikolaev to Odessa. My mom picked them up somewhere on the suburbs and the next morning we left for Romania border, Romanian border. Um, when we got to the Romanian border, it took us around 26 hours to cross it. There was a big line, we spent the night at the car and um, yeah, it was just and the thing is, you cannot turn on any light. All the lights, like during the wartime, they said that do not turn on any lights. So like at night, there were five of us, my mom, my sister, um, me, that um, lady and her grandson, there was five of us in the car at night. And it was scary. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're on the border. But... I feel like that hard time also united us as a nation. We were helping each other. Obviously, there were some people who would try to skip the line, but we were very, like Ukrainians, we were very... Patient? Not patient. We were like like one team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like unites the nation. The nation. Um, and that I remember it was like 2 or 3 a.m. where I could not sleep. So I just get out of the car. And there were people that were sleeping in the car. And then, you know how the car line moves, right? And there were like big mm, distances between the cars. And so that no one would pass you, right? I remember like knocking on the windows, like, hey, wake up, let's move. Let's slowly move. Mm, but yeah, it took us, took us a long time. It was... I was I was ready to go back. It's like, let me just go back. Let's not stand here anymore. Like it was it was hard. Um, but we crossed it, and then in Romania, people were so welcoming, um, so welcoming. Um, and then somehow we found an apartment to stay. We stayed there for two or three nights. And then we were talking to other people, where can we go after it? Because like going there, we did not know what will happen, right? And um, yeah, somehow they found another family that was that wanted to help Ukrainian people. And um, they were in Holland and they were like, we're buying you tickets, just come. So they bought us airplane tickets and we came here. They were super nice and everyone is so supportive. I have a little Ukrainian flag here that they gave to us that kind of like support our spirits and support us in this situation. So through people, that's how we got in Holland. 
only because people are just everyone is trying to help and that's mm. really appreciated right my next question was going to be about that in terms of um the support that you've gotten but before we get into that uh you mentioned that you'd like to talk about why um putin and russia are doing what they're doing uh so from your perspective if you'd like 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 shed some light on that um why are they doing what they're doing uh, and just to add context to that like um there is more added context to my knowledge it was the two parts on the western side right donetsk and uh luhansk mm-hmm. right that those were the two parts that were wanting to separate from ukraine if i'm not mistaken and uh he wanted to have those accepted like yeah if you want to add more context to that the question is did they really wanted it mm. did they really wanted it of course they're showing on russian networks that people are so happy and so welcoming and they wanted to like become part of russia which from my side is very questionable because they were in war for a very long time and uh, a lot of people left from the Donetsk and Luhansk a lot of people left ukrainian people a lot of ukrainian people left and how they did it it just like i don't think it was lawful what they did um yeah the motivation of russian russia russian federation i can only speak from my personal opinion right i'm not a right. politic political analyst or right i'm not a putin himself who only he knows what he's trying to do right now um but you're just sharing your opinion which is yeah, fine from what i know but right he from what i've seen and what i hear and the way they presented it, it's like we're going back to the ussr mm. because look at that sanctions cutting russia from everything and they're prepared for it they were preparing this for a very long time i'm sure about it and now airplanes are cut like you cannot go there directly right from europe or united states um and yeah trying to get their partnering with Belarus and going into Ukraine like that it's USSR and it feels like they still live in the 90s where that was normal go into war or go fight because when USSR separated and um all these nations all these um countries became separate uh, there was a big mess there was a lot of fighting over these territories and a lot of corruption right and the way if you look at it now this is what is the going to be like basically trying to get these territories back which is why like you already have approved that USSR did not work 
and people do not want to live in USSR, why are you trying to bring it back? I don't know. That's 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 my opinion. That is what um, they're trying to do because there is no other explanation. And my concern is that it's not going to end with Ukraine. Mm. And talking to Romanians, talking to other people, that's what they're afraid of. That after Ukraine, they're going to come for someone else. And that's the concern we all should have. That how do we stop it once and for all so that no country ever, ever face that again? Right. Yeah, and just to add context about the thing you mentioned about Belarus, I believe, to my knowledge, and for those of you, like, please do your research. If you're curious about these things, I would encourage you to do the research. Um, I believe that Lukashenko, who's the president of Belarus, like, they made amendments in their constitution, right, which basically allowed Russia to be able to sort of use them as like a puppet state through which they could expand or some something like that, right? Yeah. And they made made amendments um, in Russian uh, constitution as well, allowing Putin to serve more than two or, two or three terms. I'm not sure, but basically giving him more time to be a president. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, and that's that's the scary part that I believe people in that part of the world are really worried about is what if Ukraine is not the end goal? Because I've heard people also talk about. And I mean, take this with a pinch of salt, but for those of you listening, but I've heard some people talk about the fact that Putin's been planning this since Crimea happened, because that happened like close to eight years back. So, you know, some people do believe that this has been in the works for a while now. And yeah. um, we don't know what's going on in his head. So, you know, we like there is an element of worry around the world. And in times like this, it's really hard to find hope, especially for people like you, where you're in that part of the world. But, and it's kind of weird to ask this question, but I do feel like I need to ask you this. How do you find hope to sort of wake up every day in a situation like this, where it can... It can, I mean, I don't know if you feel that way, but it can sometimes feel like it's the end of the world in some sense with the way that, um, you know, the, the situation is. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong in saying any of this, but um, how do you find that hope? And if you do find that hope, why do you find that hope for yourself and for your family? Um, I cannot say that I hope. Because no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow right. or what's going to happen, when it's going to end. No one knows that. And um, the way I find hope is that I hope on myself. I take charge of my actions. I know that I cannot control that situation, but I can control myself and what I do personally. And the reason for that is that, okay, how can I help? Really, how can I help my nation, right? And that's kind of like 
it's helping. It's really helping because if I would hope, if I would live on that hope that you, Russia will end it soon, I would be I would be depressed for a very long time because it depends on them. But instead, I hope for my myself. I hope I put like <laughs> I give myself a goal do something, to do something good for myself, for my country, for my nation, and I go with that. And that's my hope, if you can say that. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from with that because, yeah, in situations like this, there's barely any control in your hands. So you have to do the best that you can. And, you know, kudos to you. I mean, it sucks to say it this way, but I hope, like, I'm glad that you're able to sort of find some hope within yourself um to be able to keep going because i can't imagine how every individual in that area is sort of dealing with this so to sort of um close off um uh this conversation from what you see do you feel like the people of ukraine have hope that yes things can change for the better yes we believe in that. I would use that word. We believe. I believe that it already made us so much stronger as a nation. And I believe that I don't know how the situation will go in the future. But okay, I hope that it will be good for Ukraine and for my nation. This is, I guess, this is what I hope for, that it'll turn out good for my nation and my country. Yeah, but we believe in that. We really do. We believe that Ukraine will win. But my personal perspective on that, that in war, there are no winners and losers. Because people die. How can you put label someone a winner and someone a loser. Right. Just hope that people will stay safe. And um, people will find something within themselves that will keep them positive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and on that note, before we leave, if you would like to spread a certain message or say something specific to people who are listening or um, watching, what would that be? Be it about awareness or doing something to help, uh, anything you're willing to sort of share, um, like a yeah. parting message. <laughs> a parting message? Well, I just hope that this podcast that partake is doing and um, the interview that we just had will um, help you guys to realize that even your smallest action they affect your future even that one vote it affects your future it affects the future of your country and let it be a very painful example that no man should be given as much power as Russian president was given. 
And it kind of proves the point of how important the constitution is and how important the freedom, the freedom of voice, the freedom of rights, because it's everything. Um, and yeah, if you can help, if you can donate the Ukrainian army, there is an official bank account. Um, we and I would really appreciate it because every cent, every dollar counts now. It definitely does in some sense of being able to help the people that are suffering in this point in time. Um, well, on that note, thank you so much, Daria, for coming on and sharing your thoughts and sharing your perspective on everything that's happening. Um, I mean, the most that I can say is that I hope things get better sooner and that um, people in that part of the world can find peace and have hope that things will get better. From what you said, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that people do have hope and that they believe that things will get better. And um, I hope that that happens too. Uh, so thank you so much, Daria, for sharing everything that you did. Um, and for those of you listening and watching, thank you so much. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Protector. Really appreciate you taking this time. Not a problem. Not a problem at all.